Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another show of Paraprobe, and I'm your host, Jack Nicholson. That was really good, and I totally forgot where my mic was. Was that pretty good? <laughs> <laughs> I was zoned out doing things. I, I thought it sounded almost like Sylvester Stallone in my head, but whatever. <laughs> no, it, it, it was a good Jack Nicholson. You did good. I didn't hear the bell, you know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> We've done it all right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. Today we'll be talking about ESP, psychic abilities, telekinesis, Teleconference, telecalls, whatever you want to talk about, something tele. Uh, it's going to be doing everything psychic abilities and mind power. Um, the thing that got us on this subject this week was Jesse and I really realized we don't have mind power, but we would really like to have it. It would be kind of cool. Yeah, we're about brain dead, and uh, we couldn't figure out a topic. We were spitballing topic. I think we yeah. we made it to, like, Thursday before we had a topic. <laughs> we are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I've been working on bookings and stuff like that. Um, the reason why we haven't booked anybody recently for guests on our show, uh, there was one that I was, I was going to bring on this weekend, but he is out on his boat today, and uh, I don't think that's probably panning out for him too well because of the weather. But uh, what? Are why you, are they out on a boat without us? I know, right? Well, because we had to do the show. So? <laughs> uh, the show is going to get us paid. We have to do the show. <laughs> we can do the show from a boat. We need to do a show from a boat. I thought we had that gambling boat thing. We actually do. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. So in the very near future, we're going to be over at Cape Canaveral, and Jesse and I are going to be out on their gambling boat they have over there. Over there. I don't know the name of it. Our, our agent booked us for it. So <laughs> we just pretty much go, where do we need to show up and what time? Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, but when it gets closer to that time, we'll be pro- promoting that. But we're going to be doing our show live broadcast from the gambling boat. And, uh, dude, they're giving us a $500 credit line apiece to gamble. I'm not gambling. And we get free food and drinks. Well, they're giving it to us. We don't have to pay it back. I'm, I'm still not gambling. And we're both getting paid, well, a lot of money. <laughs> I'm No, I'm not a gambler, dude. Dude, you're gambling with somebody else's money. Why would you care? Because it's, no, no, I don't, no. But fine, I'll take your money. I don't care. Yeah, you can have it. I will. I'll, yeah. I'll and gamble it away. You, yeah, lose it all. Don't then. care. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Can't believe you went there, man. That's cold. Uh, so, yeah, we have that going on, plus H&E Entertainment, LLC, that we open. We're going to be doing our Lake Lanier event that's coming up, the Ferryman's Tour. It's going to be coming up in October. It's going to be the weekend before Halloween and Halloween weekend. The weekend before Halloween, it'll be on Friday and Saturday night. And then the weekend of Halloween, which falls on Sunday this year, we're going to be doing our event on Thursday, sorry, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Halloween weekend. All the tickets are going to be going out for sale here pretty soon. Uh, we have a lot of different things that are going on between dinner cruises. Turn your phone off. I know. <laughs> Dude, you, you think this is my first time doing a radio, man? For, totally forgot to put my phone on vibrate. But uh, so we're going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, oh, actually, this is our our my our special person who just texted me. Let's see what she has to say. Special um, person. Who are you calling? 
Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> Kim, three people listen to our show. Trust me, nobody's going to know. <laughs> wasn't supposed to say what? Uh, something secret. I can't I can't repeat it now. No. Oh, oh, yeah, you can read it on my phone. Oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> oh, whoops. My bad. You know what? I don't care. My show. Do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Going to get fired from you. You boss show. me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so yeah, we have all that coming up. Uh, we have St. Augustine coming up in February, uh, which I cannot get into all the details of that yet. Um, which these things have been locked in. I want to say that first. They have been locked yep, in. Yep. St. Augustine is going to be the 25th and 26th of February. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Don't make no plans. Yeah. Uh, we just, uh, I can say the lighthouse. I can definitely say that. We have St. Augustine Lighthouse. Uh, we're going to be doing, of course, the haunted paranormal events. This is stuff that we do. Um, but there's other venues and attractions, we'll put it that way, that's been attached to it. So it's going to be a weekend-long event. It's going to be a, a lot bigger than just the lighthouse, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, our events are starting to become very modular. Kim, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> I love having a person who does this for us who has ADD. Yes. Because we want, I could tell Kim, <laughs> I swear to God, I could tell Kim, be like, hey, Jesse and I were thinking about doing an event with a canoe and doing a paranormal canoe trip. And then she turns it into like a Three canoe. hours later, we have four yachts and a helicopter. <laughs> so <laughs> just, I just turn her loose. It's like, have fun. Let me know when you're done and let us know what we have to do. It's like taking a puppy off leash. Yeah, pretty much. You know, but you know what? I love her for ADDD. I really do. ADDDD. She's our VP of uh, R&D. VP of R&D and ADD. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we have a lot of that stuff coming up. And, and there's a lot more events. I mean, we have stuff booked all the way up to, like, 2023 right now. And we're also going to be doing, on the branch side of the house, we're going to be doing themed weddings. I actually got ordained to officiate weddings. So, yes, I'm going to be uh, ordaining these themed weddings. And we're talking about, like, paranormal-themed you know, zombie-themed, all kinds of crazy stuff that normally they have a hard time finding people who will officiate these types of weddings because I will dress up to fit the occasion, and we're going to be doing this stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. I would pay to see you dress up as a zombie. I actually uh, got a couple of pictures, like, on my old Facebook and everything from, uh, like, Halloween's before where I did because... I don't want to see before. I want to see now. Right, right now. Okay. Go go, go to the bathroom. Turn into a zombie. <laughs> hold on. Get out. All right. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no. So me and my buddy Steve Tutton, when I was like about 15, 16 years old, we were really into like horror films and we you know, worked with special effects stuff. We were taking classes on it. Okay. Do you remember the movie Summer School with Mark Harmon? And the, the, the guy Chainsaw, and I forgot his buddy's name, but they did all the special effects stuff and in the horror movies. That was me and my buddy Steve. We did some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, What was that movie? Um, It was Summer School. No, there was a movie you were in and did and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like when uh, you showed John... up to the 7-Eleven afterwards, all bloody. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was in John Rusnick's movie, uh, House of Blood. It's actually on Amazon. Uh, I was in the movie House of Blood. I played a detective in the movie. And it was just a small bit part. But I did a lot of stunt work in the movie. Do they get any royalties off that? Uh, yeah. Do you get any royalties off that? Uh, no. <laughs> Why not? Uh, because I did it as a friend for John back then in the day. What in the world, John? Come Dude, on. We, we didn't know it was going to go like this way. But anyways. Well, hook a brother up. Well, anyways, let me move <laughs> on to my story now. Oh, so, sorry. ADD. All right. So anyways, <laughs> with me and Steve Tutton, when we were about like you know 16... We faked an argument in the middle of his house, but really, really loud where it got the neighbor's attention. 
And I went running out the door screaming, which I knew would get the neighbor's attention to look outside. And that's where he shot me with his three fifty seven blank pistol. <laughs> we had the squibs and all to do the fake blood packs to look like I really got shot, and I fell and hit the ground. Now, I only laid there for all of maybe 20 seconds, and then I jumped up. That way everybody could see I was fine. You know, everything else was a joke. It was about three minutes later when the squad cars arrived. What? Yeah, swear to God. Somebody <laughs> called the cops, obviously. Squad cars showed up. We almost went to jail because it's called reckless endangerment for doing something like that. <laughs> I found out that legal term at 16 years old. <laughs> wow. They confiscated the gun and a whole bunch of other crap from us. It, it, I'm not going to get into detail, but it was a very long story. But we got very lucky. We could have got arrested, but they, they gave us a, a slip and gave us a break. You would do some Back stuff then, like times that. were a little bit different. I know, you know? but it, that would that's a funny prank. I mean, that's a good prank. Oh, it was, it was funny as hell at the moment. Not when the cars pulled up. <laughs> That's I mean, because we were at Steve's house and I was I was in the living room and I see the cars pull up and I'm like, they're here for you, dude. It's your house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, some of the dumb stuff we did when we were younger. Um, we <laughs> one of the best pranks though, hands down, and it was around Halloween time. Perfect timing. I was staying at my cousin's house down in Fruitville, out in Sarasota, right? Mm-hmm. So I had this full head to toe. Jason Voorhees costume, right? And this is something where it wasn't just the hockey mask. I mean, I actually had like the the layered mask underneath, you know, to look like rotted flesh and all that. Uh, it was it was more like from after the movie like Friday the Thirteenth Part Six when they brought him back to life, you know. So it was all like rotted. Wait a minute, how many parts are there to it? Because I've only seen like maybe one or two. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. It went up to ten. Uh, Jason X. So yeah, ten. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, the reboot that they did. Yeah, so I saw 11. I saw the reboot. The yeah. reboot, so what happened? They had Jason uh, Paldecki in it. Yeah, that reboot messed with me, especially like with some stuff that happened afterwards, which I'm not going to put out anywhere. Yeah. Uh, to put it briefly and bluntly for everybody out there, um, I was locked in a room with a guy that looked very similar to the guy that played Jason in that movie, and I was freaked out, and I could not leave that room. <laughs> <laughs> I actually posted a picture earlier this week on my Instagram um, that you can find. It's uh, it, it's a picture of me with Kane Hodder. He played Jason in the majority of the Friday the 13th films. I mean, I consider him the Jason, right? Yeah. And uh, I got a picture of him like holding me up like in a chokehold with like one hand by my throat. And, uh, dude, we, I interviewed the guy back when we did Dead X Radio, and uh, great guy, man. He was, he's funny as hell, too. Great guy to hang out with, but he's big. I, yeah. see, I see why they made him Jason. Yeah, he has to be big. Yeah, I he's mean, a big dude. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I ain't got to get, yeah. whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot, and I was, like, felt like a midget next to him. You so. are six foot. We did have that conversation the other yeah. day. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, some other stuff that, you know, as, uh, <laughs> gone on in our lives um, for pulling practical jokes and things going awry. Um, the worst practical joke that I ever did that went sideways was me and my friends locked another friend in his room. That has a uh, that he it's kind of like a, almost like an efficiency apartment he had in this building, and we faked that the apartment was on fire, and which the neighbors were in on this, too, because we, we knew the neighbors. We all hung out together and party together and stuff, you know, so they, yeah. they were in on it. You know, it wasn't like, you know, like 
they're coming out and freaking out, thinking the place is on fire. So we were we had a trash can and we lit like a couple pieces of paper on fire in the can, mm-hmm. and then like we're making it smoke up a little bit and we're blowing it underneath the door <laughs> and we're banging on the door and telling the house on fire. And we hear him, he's like, the door won't open, the door won't open, and we're laughing our butts off, right? This is hilarious until we hear the glass break. Oh, dude, he grabbed. Dude, this is a brand new desk because he worked from home with a brand new desk chair and all that. He grabbed the desk chair and threw it through the living room window. A normal person would have just flipped it and opened it. He threw it through to jump out. Yeah, you freaked him out. Yeah. So I got so $850 later. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. one for uh, that one because uh, I used to work on a supply boat with my stepbrother. Mm-hmm. And we had two different bunk rooms and we had a prank war going. Well, it was time to do drills because every month you have to do fire drills, man overboard, oh, yeah, abandoned yeah. ship, all that. Well, um, there was a handrail right beside their stateroom. So I tied off the door handle, which is one of those like um, like long ones, mm-hmm. so you can get a really good knot on it. <laughs> long one with t- a really good knot? <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> oh, door handle. Okay, never mind. I uh, I tied the door handle off to the handrail right beside the door, so they couldn't get out. The door opened in, so mm-hmm. they could not get out. And went up to the bridge. We started the drills, and we're like, where's Paul and Dustin? <laughs> They're still down in the stateroom. <laughs> I almost got thrown off the boat for it. It was hilarious. Dude, when I was in the Navy, oh, oh my God, we played practical jokes on each other all the time. That was a daily routine for us yeah. all the time. You know, I mean, we, we taped guys up in their bunks that when they came finally getting through, like, I remember, like, this one guy, uh, and I kid you not, his name was Michelob. His last name was Michelob, and, which is ironic because he drank Bud Light. But anyways, he had, we had taped up his whole entire rack, and he was inside. Now, you know, like, on the boats, it, it, we call them coffins because yeah. it's literally your rack you sleep in is the size and shape of a coffin. Pretty much. <clears throat> so we had it all taped off and everything. So when he finally got out of the tape that he was in, he had to take his knife that he had on his utility belt, and he had to cut like a slit in the tape to get out. <laughs> and a buddy of mine was taking a picture of it, and it, really, it literally looked like, like somebody was giving birth and he was coming out. <laughs> I was like just crying laughing, man. We had one guy we completely wrapped up in duct tape, and then we put a safety harness on him and put it to an overhead, and we had him strapped up like six feet off the deck on the overhead. And on a ship, you have a guy what's called sounding security. They they do roving patrols throughout the ship in every space to make sure there's no fires happening or no you know leaks have sprung, or yeah. nobody's injured, nothing like that. And they do this hourly, 24 hours a day when the ship is like underway out on the water. And so we left a big note saying Merry Christmas, you know, uh, to like sounding security, and <laughs> we left them up there until sounding security <laughs> found them. <laughs> I almost got in a lot of trouble for that one. <laughs> that dude was not happy. <laughs> So, uh, but anyways, that's how you break people in, you know? Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to take it. We all go through it. Oh, yeah, no. We clothesline, we had this uh, cadet, and, uh, you know, when they were doing, like, the plastic wrap on the mm-hmm. uh, doors, we had him set up like that and then had a phone taped to the opposite wall recording. <laughs> and we clotheslined. That's I mean, awesome. he was, like, 6'2", really lanky dude, mm-hmm. and, like... <laughs> like clothes on. <laughs> See, like when I got walking to Mike, man, it, it was it was a uh, the the WWE beatdown. Mine was I walked up in the Ford compartment on the ship. They told me to go get some line that they needed. Yeah, you know, so I go walking up there and I'm up in the you know in this area and you know in the line room and I'm looking around and finding the size that they needed. I'm pulling this length of line out, getting ready to cut it. And all of a sudden, I hear the door behind me just thunk, slam shut, click, and I'm like, here we go. Turn around. There's six of the guys from the department, and they're like, 
Welcome to the Minesweeper. <laughs> <laughs> Beat down, commence. So, uh, you know, but in putting this out there to the audience, they don't really, like, like break your bones and stuff like that. It's, I mean, yeah, it was rough play, and we slammed each other and everything else. I mean, I got hit in the head with a boot. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it, it is the military. I mean, Yeah, like, we, we play rough, yeah. you know, but that was our welcoming bond. I mean, after that, it's like if you took it and, and you were like, you know, you became one of the one of the crew after that, you know. Yeah. And no, uh, if you think that's bad, try seeing how the Marines do to each other. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, like I said, man, Lord. I mean, it was straight up WWE in there. I mean, we're, I mean, it wasn't like the, the fake WWE, you know, on TV. No. I mean, we're talking real, like, you know, clotheslines and stuff, putting people down, you know. Dude, we had about four, uh, former Marines on our boat. Yeah. And whew, those yep. boys play rough. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we always had the saying, like, you know, horseplay leaves a sick bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened to me once. I actually got my, like, leg compressed in a, uh, it was a slip and fall that I told them, and they were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, it was me and the guys, horseplay. <laughs> we were they wrestling, and yeah. I, I had a guy land, like, full like weight on top of my leg, which was up against the table. Ooh. Yeah, and it compressed my, like, upper leg muscle, and uh, which I didn't know at the time. I really hurt it that bad. I was still wrestling, and we were scrapping, and then all of a sudden we were done, and we're laughing, and I go to walk away, and my leg's like, nope, not working. Nope. <laughs> I'm oh. like, here's the problem. And all of a sudden I can see my literally – the fabric around my leg, my upper thigh muscle, all of a sudden just get really tight. I'm like, oh, this ain't good. <laughs> you know, it's broke. It's like you might want to call the corpsman. And they did. They thought I broke my femur at first, but thank God I didn't. But yeah, I smushed the muscle, but I was fine. And took a little time off. So. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think we should probably get into our topic. Yes. Now. <laughs> all right. So, going from mind blown to mind power. Um, the first thing I want to start off with is a very common name every time people talk about ESP is Yuri Geller. Do you know who he is? Yuri. Is he uh, Russian? No. Israeli. Ah. Yuri Geller was uh, uh, back in the day, back in the 1970s. He was an, actually and originally he was in the, uh, the Israeli army. He was a paratrooper. But this guy had a affinity for being able to like do weird stuff like he could bend spoons um he, yeah he he could take like and i don't mean like grab it with two hands and bend <laughs> it, but like rub it and it would just bend all right now there are trick spoons out there people use for magic tricks that you can rub and it's a different type of metal it all looks like one piece but it's not and when you rub it it just gets really weak and you know falls in half these were just plain old spoons that he would grab and just rub between his two fingers and they would just start bending now he was just strong. That's what that was. Well, there's other <laughs> stuff that he would do. He would turn around and he would take these, like, uh, cans and he would put, you know, he'd have somebody randomly put, like, a steel ball in one of them. And they would mix them all up and everything. And I'm talking about, like, one. I'm talking about, like, 20, right? And he would sit there and, like, run his hands over the top. And after a few seconds, he would turn around and he'd grab the one that had the ball in it. Hmm. And as time went by, there's, like, more and more stuff that he was doing. Like, uh, he would have people draw something in their mind like a tree or something like that on a piece of paper and he would be in a separate room and draw exactly what they drew maybe not exactly identical but if they drew a tree he drew a tree you know what i'm saying yeah so now as time went by there was many times that on national television that people started doing more controlled you know examinations of this and it started coming out where they're kind of thinking you know what we think this before all this stuff it was all set up we think it was fake and so there's been great debate about that for the longest time, if whether or not he was real or if he was fake. But, however, this leads into our topic. 
because of the things that he did on national television in the beginning, and people were like just blown away by it, this wasn't like the typical mentalist trick that people were doing and such, that he caught the attention of the Defense Department. Oh. They were like, if this guy can really read minds, we need to keep an eye on him. And so during the 1970s, the Defense Department started really looking more into psychic abilities and especially paying attention to people like Yuri Geller and others who came forward after Yuri Geller. <clears throat> kind of like with ghost hunting. There's been a lot of ghost hunting shows out. I mean, you know, all the way back to, like, you know, the, the show with Leonard Nimoy in search of, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and they would do, like, an occasional ghost story on there and stuff like that. But to be let's be real and to be fair, Ghost Hunters, the TV show, is the one that really brought ghost hunting mainstream yeah it made it to where people were more comfortable to talk about ghosts you know happening in their home or hauntings and such and everything else because now they 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 made it kind of a part of entertainment and they made it mainstream where people who wanted to talk about their house being haunted and such weren't so scared to talk about it because they're like well man there's a lot of people out there going through this that are talking about it now it's on tv you know so they didn't feel so uncomfortable so I really do give credit to Ghost Hunters, the TV show, for them actually moving that forward and making it more mainstream. And don't get me wrong. There's other great ghost hunting shows out there, too. You know, our buddy Steve DeShavi on Dead Files, uh, you know, with Amy Allen. Uh, you know, you had Nick Roth and Katrina Wyman when they were doing uh, Lockdown. Yeah, we know what you're getting at. Though. Yeah. You don't have to name them all. Yeah. Because okay. I know you'll go on a list. <laughs> okay. You know, kiss my butt. So, anyways. No. But, anyways, so... This got the attention of the Defense Department, and like I said, more people started coming out, so they started paying even more attention to it. Well, by the 1980s, they came up with, and you're <laughs> going to love the name of this, Operation Stargate. Nice. Operation Stargate was where, over at Fort Meade, they were taking people that seemed to have proven to have psychic abilities to them in controlled environments. And there was only about 12. And at Fort Meade, the, there was one in particular. Her name was Angela Ford. Angela Ford, they did a, what they call remote viewing. Okay, she calls herself a medium, but to the Defense Department, their technical name, they're the ones who came up with this name, actually, is remote viewing. That wasn't done by, like, a psychic or anything like that. That was actually created by the Defense Department. Wow. Yep. So the remote viewing is where they would sit somebody in a room, you know, at this base, and they would look for someone somewhere else. You know, and her main objective for her job, per se, you know, for Defense Department, was to remote view and find hostages, their locations, and people of interest that they're looking for. So to give a idea of how good she was, in 19, I believe it was 89, there was a rogue customs agent. His name was Charles Jordan. This guy worked for customs, but he was uh, an agent, and he went rogue, and he committed all kinds of heinous acts, and he went on the run. I mean, he made it to, like, the, the top five of the top ten FBI most wanted list. So the, her boss was like, let's see if you can find this guy. So they brought her into this little shack at Fort Meade. It, it's a, it's like a little, like, it looks like a little one-bedroom house on the base. Very, you know, non-assuming, you know. It doesn't stand out, nothing special. They brought her in there, kept her secluded and isolated while she did her remote viewing. And she gave the name of the town... And it was called, she said, Lowell, Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. Customs agents, this you know, that was working hand-in-hand hand with the defense, the defense Department and her boss, they went over there to this area. They were talking to agents there. The day they showed up, they found out this guy was in Lowell, Wyoming. She was off by one letter. 
That's weird. Out of the entire... Now, this is a normal lady. This is during the 1980s. It's not like she was, you know, a part of the CIA with, you know, spy cams everywhere and satellites and all this other stuff to her, you know, advantage to be able to find somebody and go, oh, I used my psychic ability. I found them. No, you Googled where they were. No, they didn't have all that during that time. She literally in this room remotely visually saw this guy was in a town, but she thought it was Lowell, what she saw on the sign, but it was actually Lovell. It was only off by one letter. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I, I'm kind of taken aback by it because, like, I'm kind of a skeptic of this type of stuff. Well, I mean, that that is kind this of is, this is actually from declassified records from the Defense Department. They're the ones backing this up. So I get a weird question about that. Shoot. Um. So wouldn't like warrants be needed to like bust up in there? And if so, what the heck are they going to say on that warrant that you know? Hey, my psychic lady said he was here. <laughs> I'm only guessing, of course, because I didn't read how it happened or how they got the warrants or anything else. I mean, yeah. the guy's already a fugitive of justice. They're already looking for him. If they feel that he's at this location and somebody has physically seen him, as a matter of fact, the agents that were already on their way there, they, they knew he was there. They, they got information from somebody that day. She was the one who just happened to remote view it, like, the two days prior and saw where this guy was. Hmm. So that was just a coincidence on that half. When she, when her boss and these people showed up and, you know, in Wyoming, the agents there in Wyoming already had, you know, known that this guy was here and they're going after him. So the, the way it works basically with a warrant, if they know that you were physically inside that building, yeah. they can now bust in and go get yeah, you. Yeah, but okay. if they have to have, like, a legitimate, like, hey, this person saw them there. Yes, Not, absolutely. You know, yeah. My psychic lady in the only other way around basement that, four. Yeah, the only other way around that, and, and I don't want to get too much in a law discussion today because we're not doing a, a lawyer show here. Um, but, <laughs> <Sorry>. the, <laughs> but the thing is with a warrant, yes, you can get a warrant to also do search. You can do a search warrant, okay? Hence the term, search warrant. So they don't need to have an exact reasoning that this guy is there at that time. That makes sense. It could be that, you know, hey, multiple people have seen him come and go from this location, so we need to get a search warrant and go check it out. Yeah. It, it, we got three credible witnesses who saw him. Now, at that point in time, sure, they could turn around and hand him a search warrant, even though they physically didn't see the guy, and go look. Or it, somebody goes, hey, we just saw him go in there. We He met the description of everything you guys had posted everywhere. I mean, his posters were everywhere. You know what I mean? They were looking for this guy. And they said, hey, we saw this guy go in here. You see the guy go in there, and you know he's currently in that building. That search warrant's going to get cleared in about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, not even. Yeah, and then, boom, they're going to be in there and doing their thing. All right, so, anyways, enough of the law. Yeah, sorry, that just popped yeah. in my head, and I had to ask. That's okay. Um, just don't let it happen again. So, Shut up. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, but it does actually clear up maybe some questions for people who wonder about warrants. So there you go. Now you know how they work. Um, so... <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, so this woman remote-viewed it, and she had a very, very high case turnover for people that she found. Not just bad guys, but even hostages that they were looking for. You know, people from kidnappings. That's crazy. What was her name again? Angela Ford. Angela Ford. Yep, Angela Ford. It was during the 1980s, and she was, uh, uh, you know, in this project, uh, Project Stargate. Now, what was so funny is Project Stargate was a, what they call a black op. Yeah. So it was a very, very, very secret, you know, mm -hmm. thing that they were doing through the Defense Department. And this, to put this in perspective, and everybody's heard about black ops in movies and stuff like that, you know, this little secret, you know, group inside the military or a little secret group inside, like, the CIA or something like that. To put it equivalent of how this was, this would be a black op inside a black op. 
a black ops out of a black ops. Yeah, th- th- this is how <laughs> like undercover that. that this group was with the Defense Department running Stargate. That nobody knew about them. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, what is that movie? Uh, the Men Who Stare at Goats? Yeah. And basically, <laughs> matter of fact, but part of that is based on that. It's based on Stargate. It's based on Yuri Geller and all that, the whole situation. Um, they, they attempted it for a long time. They did it. They ran it for, like, she worked for them for nine years. I wonder if they're doing that again. Wouldn't surprise me if they were. <clears throat> I mean, it'd be cool. It's probably a part of the, uh, that new, uh, you know, industrial package they pushed through. Oh, the uh, infrastructure thing. Yeah, the infrastructure. That's yeah. probably how they got their money. <clears throat> Did they push that through? I don't know. But I'm just saying that's probably where the money came from. <laughs> $33 billion for janitor work. Hmm, wonder where that's going. So. All right, so moving on. Now, the next one, this is a crazy one that is so different from a lot of the ESP things that I have researched in my life. Um, and also, too, I'm going to share a couple of stories about ESP later on the show about me. So anyways, there is this uh, this child. His name was Ramses uh, Sanguino. Now, Ramses Sanguino by now should probably be about 10, okay, about 10 years old. Back when he was 5 years old, this is when the study began on him, Ramses was considered a savant. They believe he, you know, had slight autism, okay? But this kid at 13 months spoke Russian. At 2 years old, spoke Japanese. By 4 years old, was doing algebra. By 5 years old, he could speak 7 languages. That was at the age of 5. Man. Yeah. We're talking major, major, majorly intelligent child, okay? And it wasn't just these handful of things that he progressed at. It was everything he did from, you know, reading and writing to, I mean, he was writing Greek by the age of five. Being able to actually write and read it and understand it, Greek. That's crazy. So, the thing that caught people's attention was what his mother was putting out. Now, her mother was putting out the fact that her and her child had a psychic bond. This psychic bond being is the fact that this kid, Ramses, could sit from across a room at five years old and she could start writing down numbers. And I'm talking random numbers. I'm not talking about like just one through ten. We're talking about like 99, 100,000, whatever. And he would name what she wrote down. Perfect. Wow. Okay. So this whole thing, because it happened, it became, you know, starting getting a lot of you know publicity and everything else. Dr. Diane Powell, she's a neuroscientist, she wanted to look more into this. And Dr. Powell actually was more working with children with autism. Because sometimes children with autism, the, the problem that, the, you know, the parent, you know, who's taking care of them runs into is the, the dialogue between the two. That sometimes there could be something that could be totally frustrating, you know, frustrating the child and making them upset that they don't know how to explain it to the adult, and the adult doesn't know how to get the answer from them to find out what is bothering them, okay? Now, I'm not saying this is for all children with autism. I'm just saying that this is for some children with autism, okay, and some adults. So I want to make sure I clarify on that because there is different spectrums of autism and levels and everything else. We're not going to get into that. This ain't a big medical show on autism today, but just give me an idea of what this child in particular is going through. So Dr. Diane Powell uh, had started wondering if whether or not there is a way to start working with the human brain to maybe make it where they could actually communicate with children with autism. 
That's to, super cool. To do it by telepathy, to find out what is going on, okay, inside their minds to help them out. So a part of this, she started running tests <clears throat> on this particular child and mother. So she went to the house, and she took a computer with her that random generated the numbers. So it's a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Took five numbers randomly generated from the machine. And she took playing cards and used the cards as the number. So if it was a number three, she would have, like, you know, the three of hearts, you know, so on and so forth down the line. She gave those cards to the mom. The ace would be representative of the number one, okay? Okay. Gave this to the mom, and she said, okay, you go through. And so she's sitting there. She's watching the mom, seeing that they're separated. The mom has no idea what numbers were coming to her beforehand until the doctor handed them to her. And then the child is sitting across the room. There's no way the child can see these cards or anything to, you know, even give an indication of what it is, you know, to make sure it's not a setup, you know, a scam. And this kid got three out of five. The amazing part about it is that the two that he missed was while he was playing and not paying attention. Yeah, no, uh, that dude, that's crazy. He did this <clears throat> repetitively. The only time he would miss is if it was during a time of distraction. And so basically, it was like one out of 729,000 after repetitively doing this, that the the odds of that being able to happen. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yes. And so things have moved along <clears throat> a lot from then. Uh, there's not a whole lot more resources out there about it and how far it's gone since then. But however, dun, 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 the dramatic pause, Elon Musk has been working on a neural combination for the brain. It's a neural chip. Now, this is not for brain control, for people to control you by remote, nothing like that. This is not some big conspiracy theory. I'm going to crush that right now. What this is for is for people who have had, like, say, amputations, you know, um, military members, you know, uh, who have been injured from IEDs and such that have lost limbs, that they can actually connect this robotic hand that will function and move from their thought. That's super cool. Yep. So they can lift up, you know, their arm. They could grab a can, pick it up, and so on and so forth. They might even be able to defeat paralysis. That's super cool, yeah. Because all these, uh, it basically works with a whole bunch of little threads um, that are like uh, smaller than a human hair that they run from these neurons connected to this chip in the brain that will go down to the different parts of the body to help stimulate, to move it, to mm-hmm. make it move. All right, because like your spine, once you sever that cord, the, the the signals from the brain can't go to the other parts of the body to tell it to move anymore, and there's no way to fix that. They they don't have a way to really fix that yet. They've been working on it, you know, to help people who have paralysis, but there's just no way. But if they find a way to really adapt this to the human brain and make it stronger, that eventually they could do away with you know people with cerebral palsy, people with Parkinson's who can't control their muscle functions you know, and such, that they would be able to start controlling the functions and all that. And, of course, there's other things that have to go in to help these individuals, you know, with these different difficulties, you know, with, like, you know, cerebral palsy and so on and so forth. But in the beginning, it definitely can help out these individuals. I mean, they're already at the at the prime point right now where it has been already in practice and working to where they have robotic hands and arms that can move from the human's thought. Yeah, I have seen that. I just yeah. – I didn't realize that I went so far, and I didn't realize that – uh Mr. Musk was in on it because, like, yes. yep. first of all, I like Elon Musk. I mean, I, I, yep. I suggested he'd be president even though he can't be because he's South African. But, uh, like, I would totally, like, 
He's a very smart dude, very down to earth, knows his stuff, but uh, we're borderlining like. And he smokes weed. At least we don't have a, pe- a president who's, you know, calm. Yeah. He, he, yeah. That'll calm you down. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I just, I feel like we're on the borderline of uh, Terminator territory now. <laughs> that's that's always going to be there. No matter what anybody invents, and it makes public, you know, showing of what they invent, trust me, the military is always going to look at a way of whether or not they can make that practical into a weapon. Oh, yeah, no. The but at the same time, in all fairness, everything. yeah, but in all fairness, the military has to do that. They have to keep up with the enemy. Because oh, yeah. if you think for half a second the enemy's not doing that, you're wrong. Oh, they're probably Big going. Time. Well, see, that's why, like, a lot of people, like, so there's a lot of people out there that, like, fearmonger with what the government's doing. And, like, sometimes they have to do some nasty stuff and, like, think of some nasty things because we're going up yeah. against nasty people. Yeah. There are some really. You're going up against people who don't play by your rules. They don't live by your morals or ideologies or anything else. They have their own set standard and a race totally different from what you have been. And, I mean, they were, I mean, I've seen, you know, being over there. I mean, there's been situations where you see children who are, you know, you know, freaking 12 years old out there running around with a, you know, fully automatic weapon. Yeah. I mean, think of the most evil person you know. Multiply that times 100. And there's some of the people out there like that. So, I mean, I, I get what they're doing. Yeah. And I totally lost where I was going because all I saw was like a little kid with an AK. Well, <laughs> like, and trust me, I'm not saying the kids and children are evil. Don't I don't no, want, no, no, I don't no, want no. people texting that's, me. That's, wait, 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 wait. Let me clarify. I don't yes, want people sir. messaging me and going, you know, oh my god, I can't believe you say these children are horrible. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, but this is a reality. This is a fact. You will see these things over there. Well, I mean, it yeah, is it's the, because of their upbringing by their parents. Exactly, it's yeah. the world they live in. I mean, if you're living in a war-torn country and you. You're the man of the house because your father died, and you're yeah. six. You got to do what you got to do. You know, yeah. I mean, that's their culture. Yep. So, anyways, rabbit hole out. Yep, rabbit hole out. <laughs> we climb back out. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, but uh, I do want to actually give a uh, a huge condolences to the you know soldiers and sailor uh, that we lost. Actually, they're not considered soldiers. Marines, you don't call soldiers. We call them Marines. But uh, to the Marines and the uh, Navy corpsmen that uh, we just lost recently, so my condolences go out to them and their families. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to get any more into it than that. This is not a political talk show. No. Nope. Let's just say that uh, I'm not happy. Let's mm. just say that. I don't think anybody I would is. go totally Jack Nicholson at that point. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And we'll Moving leave it on that. down the road. Yep. All right. So I'm actually going to ask you, have you ever had a psychic thing happen to you? I feel like I have because, like, so I went through, and I still do sometimes, I went through, like, one whole year of, like, deja vu. Like, I mm-hmm. was literally, every day, I felt like I, every conversation, every class, every interaction, I knew what was going to happen. And I would, we yeah. ha- we kind of had this conversation, like, yeah. I, I would deliberately change it because I like being in control of my future. Yeah. Like, I... I'm not, like, big into ESP. I don't think it – I think it's there. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anybody can achieve it. Yeah. But I think it takes a certain amount of mental focus or uh, luck of the draw to make uh, it happen. Me, I think it's more luck of the draw, to be <clears> honest. That is my honest opinion. Like, like, prime example, there's been, like, people knowing, you know, a couple of scientists from, like, Harvard and a couple of these other places and professors and such who have – and even a guy, a couple of physicists who have ran demonstrations with the brain and showing that the brain, the, the electrical energy you're putting out does not expand past the skull, 
Okay. With that being said, they're like, so in their mind, they're proving that, well, that just shows right there. You can't have telepathy or anything like that because your thoughts and everything contained inside your brain is not expanding electrically past your skull. True. Also, another myth, another big myth out there, too, is when people say that we only use 10% of our brain. That is not true. We actually use 100% of our brain. Now, how much of it do we understand? Different story. Yeah. Yeah. But we actually do use 100% of our brain when we are awake. Everything from cognitive thought to movement, breathing, you know, what your brain is doing subconsciously by making your heart pump and making you breathe without thinking, making you blink, everything else. So all your reflex actions, there's so much that goes into play that, yes, we actually do use 100% of our brain. But do we fully understand all of it? No. On that note, like, I feel like a lot of the things people, like, try to say, oh, your body is subconsciously picking up on body language and stuff. I feel like some of that is actually, like, a subconscious interaction with, like, the brainwaves come off somebody because there's no way in the world because you know how you like mm-hmm. you have someone that's super effed up walk in a room yep and you immediately know not just by you looking just at them got that vibe you're not even looking in that direction yep. and you feel it yep I call it the vibe yep. yeah um, <clears throat> another thing is too and trust me I am a, f- a very 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 firm believer in this gut reaction and gut instinct absolutely you have it for a reason trust it okay promise you. Um, another like thing is, which is kind of crazy, when this physicist was talking about how the brain function and power and everything does not expand past the skull. Okay, explain lightning. Huh? Explain a lightning strike on a human being. I actually have a, a, a window to this to open for you, my, come, my son. Come on with it. Okay. Come on. How you get hit by lightning is lightning does not hit you. Lightning connects to the electrical energy that you are putting out. That it connects in the air and, and makes like a conductor at that point. Yeah, like static electricity. Yeah. Because that's what lightning. Yeah, and there's been situations where the static electricity and all that coming off your body can be like multiple feet above your head that the lightning got attracted to and connected with it. Hence why it totally missed the tree on the left of you, but hit you. So, it really? So we don't produce anything outside of our bodies? Liar. We do. Yeah, you, you didn't think far enough. Well, see, that's... I think a lot of the things dealing with ESP and telepathy and all that stuff, I think it that in certain circumstances, it's uh, we only understand physics as we know it at this point. Yes, and absolutely. How, and how much do we know about the size of a pinhead? That's about it. If that. Yeah. Dude, I and honestly, right now, and this is like, I'm not bashing scientists in general, but I feel like a lot of science nowadays mm-hmm. is they... Use, they're selective with it. Yeah. They they selectively choose the facts to fit their theory instead of the theory to fit the facts. Exactly. You yep. know, I mean, it's like um, I don't really have a good example, but the ESP thing. Yeah. So they're uh, using this one study to say, oh, you don't produce anything outside of your body. But then again, you go to lightning to where you're producing, you have static electricity, and yeah. you have, I mean, what about heat? Yeah. You you generate <laughs> a lot of power outside of your body. Yeah, actually, I'm going to Google that. It expands out. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. Take thermograph paper, okay? And a thermograph paper, it looks almost like a, like a plastic film of paper, okay? And it's the strips that they use to put on your forehead, like when you have a temperature to check it. Yeah. Put your hand about maybe a foot above it and leave it there. The heat generated from your hand will eventually start making that paper change color because you have heat conducted around your body. It is expanded out. 
when you're sleeping next prime example, me and Stephanie, <laughs> she says I'm like a heater in bed when I go to sleep. Even though the AC is on or everything else, she can feel heat <laughs> cranking off my body where she has to move away from me sometimes. When I go to sleep, I, my body just generates a lot of heat. Um, I think I'm just a polar bear, but whatever. Um, so with that being said, uh, the, there's multitudes of things that actually do, yes, expand outside of our body that goes beyond what is contained just inside of our skull. And we're only working with a working knowledge and theories of things that we only understand so far. Now, I'm going to give you an example. When you were a child, did you ever have a moment where you went running up to your mom or your father and was like, did you call me? And they're like, no, but I was thinking about you. Yeah. I used to do it all the time. Yep. I would be blocks away playing at my friend's house and hear my mom call my name Crystal clear yep and i would go running home and i'll be like yeah my mom be like yeah what i'll be like did you call me she's like no but i was about to and i was like oh i heard you calling my name i could hear and it wasn't just one time repetitively hearing her call my name all right and yeah i did it all the time and i, I know there's plenty of other people out there who oh yeah same absolutely thing. yeah and so i think there might be like with this kid ramsey's we were just talking about that in certain situations, people do have a psychic connection with others. Uh, just FYI, that Ramsey's kid, um, at age seven, I looked up an article while you were talking about mm-hmm. it. Um, he was in a college physics class. He's in college at seven people. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, also, the human body can produce around 100 watts of power on average at rest. This is enough to power up a light bulb. Some humans have the ability to output over 2,000 watts of power. That'd be me, baby. Call me Mr. 2K. Yay. <laughs> hey, that might be why. Uh, Chance 2K. That's my, new rep, that's my new rep name. Chance 2K. <laughs> Andre 3000. That's probably why. Yeah, there we go. Um, and then another situation is with precognition. That's the next subject we're going to get into. They've actually have been doing a study on soldiers uh, for different branches that have been in situations where, like, prime, and I'm giving an example here. There's an alleyway. All of a sudden, one soldier looks at the other one. He goes, don't go that way. He's like, why? He's like, I just got a bad feeling, man. There's something bad right over there. They wound up walking over, and they found an IED that was buried and hidden. And so this guy, for lack of a better term, psychically picked up on it. Yeah. And there have been a lot of reports on this. that They're saying, okay, this goes beyond just having the gut feeling that somebody's watching you or something like that. This guy specifically knew it was there and found exactly where it was buried. That's insane. That's divine intervention right there, buddy. Absolutely. 100%. Like, so, I, I, I fully believe that there is a touch of the divine there because, oh yeah. like, it's usually – our sixth sense usually comes in with danger. Yes. It's like somebody is definitely 100% watching out for us. and mm-hmm. Like, we, we got a job to do. We got something – there is something that we have to do. There's sometimes that I believe that it is in – innately inside us that we do have this this warning factor like a spidey sense of a lack of a better yeah. term that I'll, and i'll give you an example and i teach this actually with people that i've trained in ghost hunting i told them i said anytime you're in a room and something tells you not to be there don't be there because trust your gut instinct there's probably something wrong doesn't mean that it's paranormal and i'll give you an example you're walking around checking out the location before you do the investigation it's an old abandoned place or, or whatnot and you see a wire hanging down. You didn't really notice it, but you did see it while yeah. you're walking around. You come back later that night. You're doing the investigation. 
you're walking by that area and you get the spidey sense just ringing. Something's wrong. Oh, yeah. What that is is your brain is trying to make you remember. It's, it's like a, it's formulating like a combination lock. It's trying to unlock to make you remember there is a wire hanging down. Somebody could get shocked. You need to tell someone. It's your brain giving you that warning. It's trying to give you a heads up. Well, that's what I mean about the, uh, the, uh, subconscious thing yes i mean there could be another thing like pertaining to a wire in general especially a live wire yeah i mean could it be that your body is sensing the em field up there it could be i mean yeah i mean mm-hmm. there's a multitude a multitude of things but it, there is a, a specific reason why like I said, we talked about earlier about you do have that that gut feeling to trust it because it's there for a reason your brain is uh, to put in lack of a better term is a combination computer it's nonstop running combinations. Everything from what you're feeling, touching, smelling, you know, thinking. Um, it's recognizing everything around you that, that you're visually seeing and telling you in your brain what it is without even having to think about it. It's just doing it. It's yeah. its own combination lock. Every once in a while, it can't quite get that combination, that last number. And so it, you start getting this gut feeling like something is off, something is wrong. Me, I had been tested, you know, with a lot of things in my life because of going into the military, you know, and stuff like that. You know, and they have to run all these psychological tests and, you know, aptitude tests, intelligence tests, everything else. I'm actually gifted in patterns that I am very, very good at being around people and picking up on patterns in them and almost foretelling what they're going to do before they do it. And it's not because I'm psychic or nothing like that. There's just certain things that people do because we are creatures of habit that I start picking up on that particular pattern. Dude, see, this is why I can never go to the movies with you, because you and my wife will do the same Stephanie thing. Stephanie hates it. I'll figure uh, out oh the movie God, before it I ends. I hate it so much. Yeah. Like, I go in with a clear, open mind. It's like, uh, I want to I see where they go with it. Like, yeah. I, I, I generally, I enjoy surprises. I do. Yes. I yes. really like surprises, unless they're messed up, then, like, yep. no, that's that. But Stephanie like, hates it when oh. we're sitting on the couch watching a movie, and all of a sudden I go, oh, and she'll be like, what? I'll be like, nothing. <laughs> and then you have to know. You have to know. Yeah, because, because then she'll bug me to death until I tell her. Yes, because yeah. like it, it's the you know, but I don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. and why the hell didn't I figure it out? But like you did, and like it's because you were looking for it, and we weren't. I was seeing these little <clears throat> Minor yeah. things that just calc- I can't explain. Oh, it. I, I can't. It I, just clicks in my head. Dude, you're so good at it. Like I've when we were working together, <laughs> you witnessed me do it quite yeah, a few times. Yeah, no, it, it was hilarious because we had this one individual. Um, uh, we'll call him Delta Bravo, and like <laughs> we uh we just this guy was the epitome of like the dude everybody hates. Like 100. percent As soon as you meet him. He was the most condescending, most just, just – he was bad. He was yeah. real bad. And, like, Chance worked with him and picked him apart to the point where, like, the guy almost walked off the boat. And I was crying, <laughs> and I shouldn't have been. I shouldn't have been laughing. I don't like bullies. Like, I, I, I was just crying because the guy, first of all, couldn't dock the boat to save anybody's life. Yeah. Let alone, like – do it on a regular basis yep. and like he pulled in and out of the dock like 40 times and chances just like telling him what to do just nice calm even kilter just and i kept going easy. nope nope 
Nope. Every time he'd start, he'd reach for something. I'd be like, nope. Because <laughs> I know he's going to do wrong. And he did it anyway, and it was wrong every time. Yeah. And then, like, finally, Chance takes over, docks the boat, <laughs> and the guy was just bright red. Think oh, of, like, he was so oh, my God. It was hilarious. Yeah. That, but he was a bully to people, and I hated that. So yeah. I was like, yeah, put me with him for a while. Well, I mean, so I went out on the tour with him, and I was like, game time. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I hate bullies, man. I, I bully bullies. Dude, that yeah. place was full of them, too. And it just sucked. Yeah. All right, so getting back to back to subject here. So, yes, I was talking about being gifted at patterns. So I know that there are some people, like mentalists especially, who can pick up on patterns in people. I love those people. Yeah, and they can figure out, and, and it almost seems like they're psychic and being precognitive. Yes. And it's not. It's they're just gifted at that level of guessing what you're going to do or say and such. All right? Now, moving on from that, there is certain situations where it's a little bit different. And I'm going to share an ex- a couple experiences from my own personal, all right? I never really talked too much about this publicly, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. Um, I actually did tell this story once on air a long time ago. Um, when I was about eight years old, I had a nightmare. I had this nightmare really bad about this plane. All right, I came walking into the uh, kitchen that morning. My dad was talking about the same dream that he had on the same night. We had the same dream. Because what he started saying about the plane matched exactly what I dreamt. I started talking about it, too. That's super creepy. And that's when my dad looked at me, and he was like, how did you know? And I'm like, I had that same dream. So my dad let me finish the dream. He he was almost in a sense because my dad was like me, natural curiosity. Yeah. He wanted to see if we really did have the same dream. And I nailed it. That's crazy. I talked about this plane with the cargo hatch opening and you know, uh, and all this stuff falling in the sky. And then I, I remember this blue Raggedy Ann doll, you know, with the blue checkered dress on, blue yeah. and white, falling through the air. Two weeks later, an airline flying over, I believe it was Virginia, was being sued for thousands of dollars for all these people's luggage and everything got lost because their cargo door came off. This is two weeks later. The thing that caught my dad's attention was when they showed a picture of the stuff that was thrown through the wooded area was the Raggedy Ann doll laying up against the tree with the blue and white checkered dress on. No. Yeah, swear to God. Get out of here. Swear to God. Wow. So that was definitely precognitive. That was something that we both might we both dreamt two weeks prior like to how the did, incident. How did two people have the same dream though? I don't like, know. I, I can't explain it, dude. My dad and I multiple times had the the same dreams uh, a lot of times. Uh, it was I can't explain it, man. It didn't happen like all the time, but it happened often when I was growing up. Uh, the second event for me was, and this still happens to me occasionally, where I may dream about something, and, you know, you only remember, like, a portion of your dream. Sometimes you don't remember the dreams, but you do dream every night. Yeah. But sometimes you don't remember them at all. But you may have something that may happen, and this, such as your deja vu. Yeah. Where one thing will happen, and then it's like a fast-forward of a film that you see everything that's going to happen before it happens. Yeah, it's irritating. Okay. Super irritating. Right. Oh. With that being said, <laughs> I was helping my mom one summer afternoon. I was about 21, right before I joined the Navy. And I was mowing the lawn for her. you know, summer day hot. I don't want my mom out there cranking this mower. I'm out there doing it for her, right? Yeah. So I'm doing the mowing the lawn and everything, and also my mom, she's like, you know, hey, you know, it's lunchtime. You know, you know, I'm thinking about ordering out for pizza. Do you want pizza? And I'm like, yeah, 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 we'll do pizza. Now, my mom's friend Linda was over visiting at the time, okay? So I come in. I, I wash up, you know, take a break and everything. You know, my mom's got some tea, sweet tea and all that made, you know, because we are white and from the south. 
So <laughs> I always throw that out there because people are like, oh, yeah, it sounds like a white boy because you drink sweet tea. So that's 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 not it's just stereotype. But anyways, yeah. so I'm sitting there with my mom and with Linda and all of a sudden, boom, it hit me. I had that flash forward dream. And it happens in like a matter of seconds, like yeah. it's fast forward. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my mom. I was like, this has definitely happened before. And my mom was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I had another one of those dreams. And I said, I just had the conversation we were having jogged my memory. I just remembered it. And my mom was like, oh, really? Now, my mom is used to this from me. Yeah. Okay. Linda's like, what the hell are you talking about? My mom's like, sometimes he dreams of stuff and it sometimes comes true. And and so my mom's like, all right, so what did you dream? I'm like, the pizza guy's going to be driving a yellow Volkswagen bug. And I said, I remember that. He's driving a yellow Volkswagen bug, young kid, long hair. You know, and I said, it's like real shaggy. So anyways, sure enough, about 15 minutes later, here comes this yellow bug pulling up in front of her house. This is not the end of it, though, <laughs> because Linda turns around. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. She's like, you know, he's probably the guy who delivers here all the time. You probably know what his car is. I'm like, really? I said, he's going to trip with his left foot over the sidewalk and almost drop the pizza. Ten seconds later, he's walking out of the car, left foot clips the side of the sidewalk. He tripped and almost dropped our pizza. <laughs> that was when she looked at me, and she was like, I can't even say what she said on air because it's FCC fine, but it began with F. <laughs> and was like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I told you this stuff happens to me. I can't control it. It just happens once in a while. And I still do it every once in a while. Um, I've been there with Stephanie where I try and look at her, and I'm like, yeah, we've had this conversation before. And she's like, how do you know? And I'm like, because I already know the outcome. And I – Actually called it. I said exactly what she was going to say before she said it. And she was like, oh, my God, you're legitimate about that. And I'm like, yeah. But I can't control it. It happens just once in a while. Yeah, no. And that's why you can't prove it. It's just like ghost hunting. Yeah. It has to be a repeatable yeah. thing. It has to be a situation where people could be around me where I can look at them and go, <clears throat> guess what's about to happen? <laughs> and I could call it out in front of them before it happens. God, I hate that, though. Yeah. It does bother me at times uh, because I get worried when I have nightmares because yeah. I'm worried of those coming true. You know, when they're far-fetched, like, you know, like, you know, being attacked by, like, a zombie bat or some crap, you know, it's like, yeah, that ain't really going to happen, I hope. You know, but, <laughs> I mean. But at that point in time, I just shrug it off. But the the ones that seem a little more realistic, then I start kind of getting concerned. Sometimes. And that's my type of day job. It's always something really bad that's going to happen. Yeah. And the events leading up to it and, like, right before. That's why, like, I'm in such a hurry to try to change it. Yeah. Because, like, it it freaks me out, dude. I don't, I don't want nothing to do with that. Yeah. And honestly, I know there's going to be people listening to the show who's going to listen to this. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And I don't care if you don't believe me. And trust me, anybody who knows me knows I really don't care. But the thing is that this is a fact. These are things that I can point out specifically that has happened to me that I have called and a few other things too that uh I just I don't have an explanation for. I just know that I called it before it happened. Yep. That Yep. Yep. All right. So uh you haven't ever had that happen? I know you did, but do you have one you want to share? No, because they're all random and like I I tweak things. I I, yeah. I deliberately – I don't care if it's good or bad or ugly. Whatever deja vu I have, yeah. I will go out of my way. If it has me walking down the sidewalk on the left side, yep. I will cross the road, risk getting hit by a bus, and go to the right side I've of the road. I've done that before, too, care. to try to alter what I've seen. <laughs> now, I wonder, though, real quick. i only got a, like two minutes here. I wonder – okay, remember we talked about string theory before? Yeah. About the universe you know, expanding out, snapping back on itself, doing the Big Bang, starting all over again. All right, we go right back down the same timeline. Could this be that we're having – releases of moments in our past where we've already lived all those no 
No. You hate that theory, don't you? I think it's stupid. I know. Because you, like me, you do believe that we go to heaven or hell or whatever. So that would totally... Well, and not only that, it would make no sense to be living the same life over and over again. Yeah. At all, whatsoever. Yeah, who'd want to be in radio again all over? I mean, radio's cool and all, but like, uh, no. Could have been a porn star. Nope, I'm done. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you guys again next weekend. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.